welcome to the Tooth or Dare podcast with Irene and Katrina. The only dental podcast to bring you a Canadian RDH and an American RDH. These ladies bring you mic-dropping interviews with your favorite social media peeps and epic people doing amazing things in dentistry. Now let's put our over gloves together for Tooth Life Irene and Katrina the Wine Genist. Welcome back to another episode of the Tooth or Dare podcast with your peeps, Irene and Katrina. Hello, Hi, my Irene. friend. How are you, girl? Hello. Hey, girl. Hey. hey, girl. Hey, how are you? I just did a really big draw stretch. Big do you ever do that? Do you ever stretch. feel like you need a... I do. Yeah, I feel like I've been needing a lot of jaw stretches um, now that I wear an N95 for so long. Yeah. Like, I feel like it really holds me shut. There's research about that. When you wear an N95, it puts pressure um, on your anterior auriculars, which puts um, added stress on your temporalis. So that's where people are starting to get a lot of TMJ issues. I like from how you said temporalis, but you post, po- you like gestured like, to the back of your head. I went like this, like, ha, because I feel like <laughs> temporalis like, is this like fabulous. I don't know. You're like... It was like you were putting your hand through your hair, your temporalis, <laughs> just like through the My side temporalis. of your head. Um, I do, but I do feel like I, I have been, um, be, been and clenching, of course. Like that's, yeah. uh, that's been. A th- I've always been a clencher, um, but more so now than ever because I do feel that like tightness in my, in my little beak face. Yeah. Oh, this little beak face area. It's, but you have a beautiful face. Um, hive check. Where are we with the hives? <gasps> Ooh, I'd be proud to report that I haven't had full hives in four days. <gasps> I had three hives on my leg yesterday. Oh. They cleared up in the morning and I am I am I am currently hive free. You're you're HIVE negative? <laughs> yes, I am also HIVE negative. Um I I um have been taking a new form of medication. That they were like, you have to take it for two to three months to know if it's going to work. Is it Valium? And you have to Are take it. Are you just it. like heavily medicated no, on Valium I right wish. now? I wish. I wish. I could, it's just I, like a cocktail. I don't know if I could. Like it's just, they put it in like this mortar and pestle and it's like a, like Adderall no. and a little bit of, <laughs> a little bit of Xanax. No, I don't, I don't think I could function on, on, with prescription meds. Um, yeah, no, with like stuff like that. I don't think I would. But anyways, I, um. I was given these meds and they were like, it'll take two to three months to know if they'll work. And I'm like, well, how do I know? They're like, well, you just won't get hives if you take them regularly. So to take two tablets twice daily, two in the morning, two before bed. And I can't veer off of that. And if I do, it like messes up with the drug half-life in Mm -hmm. my body and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, then the mm -hmm, hives mm -hmm, will mm -hmm. return. So I've been diligent with them. And uh, that is that is what's happening. Great. So is this something that you're going to have to take for your life or just like while you're stressed out right now? We I don't, don't know. We don't really know. Okay. No idea. But we will. I have an appointment tomorrow, a virtual appointment with Dr. Said, my All allergist. Right. So she will would Snaps. like an update. So I have an update for her. So, yeah. And you, your hives, how are they? Do you performing? know? Do you know what's a game changer, Irene? You said this on either one of our episodes or randomly when we were talking about the this like eczema, Avino, Avino. Yeah. yeah, it's like yeah. game changer. Like I'm not kidding. So now I just like basically take a tiny bath in it every day, and I'm feeling. I still have some well, they stress have hives, a but they're bath not bad. Powder for it. They've got an oatmeal bath powder that comes in little pouches. Oh, maybe I and should you do stick that. that in your 
warm <clears throat> bath water and it kind of looks warm milky, water. but there's oatmeal in it. Oh, so your your bottom of your tub ends up having this like layer of like oatmeal. What is it called? Like the film yeah. on the bottom. But it's it's it, I used it when I had really bad hives when I couldn't even mm. like put pants on. Yeah, um, it was. It was yeah, pretty bad you're right. Well. That stuff is good. Yeah. I'm a little bit beyond that, but you're still at the Aveeno yeah, stage. Yeah, still the Aveeno stage. Yeah, yeah. So Damn, it's good. Girl. It's good. Um, so other than that, you're living your best life. Um, not only am I living my best life, but what's happening this week? I have an announcement. What are you doing this week? <gasps> oh my god, you're pregnant. So, uh, have you been watching me take sips of wine? Well. <laughs> What's <laughs> going on? I, I don't know why that is my instinct. When anyone says I've got news, oh, I don't feel good that now. That is my Ooh, instinct. I have pit it's stains like, now. Ooh. <laughs> Holy cow. It's not a cute look the for lumber, me. The lumber is going to be like WTF. <laughs> the, the, the lumber is like crying on the other end, listening. Um, no, so, okay. So I went to Vegas this weekend um, on a vacation. You got married in Vegas. I did not get married. <laughs> didn't get married. I'm not, I'm not married. I am not with child. Um, but went to Vegas this past weekend. It was actually really nice, um, to be able to like, just be there and just like enjoy. And it turns out, um, the lumber is going on this like big, like cruise around the Mediterranean. He's like flying into Croatia and blah, 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 doing this whole thing. Right. It's gonna be like two weeks or whatever. So he, we were talking about it and all of a sudden he like, when is this happening? Um, it's it's happening in a couple of weeks. And he's known about this for a while. How is that happening in a couple of weeks? People are traveling and mm-hmm. doing trips like that yep. right yep, now? Yep, yep. In your world? Absolutely. In my world, we're still in lockdown. Rootin' doodle Yep. So at any rate, he's super excited about this, you know, cruise, you know, this yacht cruise that he's gonna do and blah, blah, blah. And he was talking to me about it. And then he got a text from somebody like as that are all going on this like friends thing, and they're like, hey, a spot just opened up on this are you gonna go so yeah so okay so he's like hey um just just like a heads up like well you know it's like the there's an open spot but it's like am i do you really like really are we doing this are we like just gonna fly to europe and like just like really we're gonna do this and he's like yeah i mean if you want to come like come so i looked at my calendar and i'm like oh Uh i can't because i have to deliver a webinar and he's like what what day and i was like oh the day that you fly out and he's like what time and i'm like um from 10 a.m to 11 a.m and he's like "Mm, my flight is at 12 15 so you can do the webinar from the airport and then hop on the plane and fly with me oh no this sounds like it's gonna be a disaster you're gonna have a wi-fi issue again yeah probably like you did the last time you tried to do that but I'm literally, so here's what's happening. This is my announcement. I'm hopping on a Mediterranean cruise with my super hot lumber in a few weeks. I'm going to spend so two weeks in Croatia and going up and down the Mediterranean Sea. I love and hate you all at the in same time yacht. Right Also, he wants to pick out matching swimsuits. Do we love that? Is that adorable or what? I know. I can't you even do make him wear like little like flamingos or something he wants to do mingos that's exactly what he wants to do are matching mingo suits so i'm super stoked on stoked you guys i'm hopping on a cruise i'm gonna be like away not in wi-fi for two weeks you need to get you need to get fox tan have you tried that lotion fox tan what is it omg google it this very instant this episode is not sponsored by fox tan but it should be not but it should be fox tan okay so they make a variety of different lotions it's in a pink which i have used Uh come and so get the get the starter pack okay um the starter pack is like smaller bottles you put you can't um 
you can't put them in your carry-on. Like you'll have to check them because they're not that small. Okay. But get the little starter pack that comes with um, a little zippy thingy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get five little lotions in it. I think it's like a hundred bucks or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like I a spray it. moisturizer that has a shimmer to it. Ah. And it smells like watermelon. <gasps> then there's like a, there's a self tanning version of it, but it doesn't actually like change the color of your skin permanently. It just gives you that like glow look. Yes. So you like throw that on your legs. Um, and then there's a hydrating lotion I because we burn. Yeah. So you need to get you need to get fox tan. And I'm I don't know do if it. you can like expedite it. I'm gonna um, do it. But you need to get that. I'm I'm upset. I live I live by this stuff. Okay. I'm live gonna by shimmer. It. I'm gonna shimmer my way through the Mediterranean. I'm excited. You need to. This is gonna you be should great. get fox tan. I have I had a I had a um a a nice unboxing of an item today. I got an iTero. I got an iTero five D that arrived wow. at my office last week and it sat there in this massive box. Um and my iTero slash Invisalign rep um came over today to provide it for me and like set it up and it's got some like cool features including like a built-in intraoral camera and this thing called Niri N-I-R-I that like allows you to see shadows between the teeth perhaps mm. if there's like decay or something which is really cool we're gonna use it tomorrow for the first time but fun fact um Itero needs to work on their um like licensing inside the actual piece of equipment because it they call, they're calling me Dr. Irene Yanku and we all know that I'm not a doctor. Oh, I thought that there's I, like no w- I was going to say where's the click because that's the part that I'm concerned no. about. Dr. Irene Yanku <laughs> like with the like- Right. But it was this thing like he put it all together and then he's like, "Okay, you're ready to go. You're up and running." And I'm looking at it and I'm like, "Why does this say Dr. Irene Yanku?" He's like, "There's no other option." What do you mean there's no other option? Like no one can own the scanner if they're not a doctor. And they're like, no one else has. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. There's got to be someone else out there that has bought this $65,000 scanner and has like a lab tech might have one. A laboratory should have one. I mean, I don't, but it was this weird thing. I was like, we've got to change this. Like we cannot have my name as doctor. I'm going to get in big trouble if someone complains or mm-hmm. reports or mm-hmm. I mean, I don't feel comfortable. Uh, and he was like, okay. And he's like all of these people on the phone trying to, so they have to rewrite part of the software um, to change my name. You know what? This is what happens when you're a mover and a shaker, Irene, people have to reinvent things to align with what you're doing. And I think that's amazing. I'm so proud of you. I think it's, I, I think, think it's, it's terrifying. I think it's I'm great. like, it's actually terrifying. No, you're amazing. And, you know, just like the inner workings of you just having wear it, wear it like a coat because you're fabulous. A variety of clinicians all keeping track of their own patients. Like we've have to, everyone has to have their own account. Like we can't use each other's accounts. Like it's just it's a logistical nightmare. Mm. But I have a sixty five thousand dollars scanner um, that I'm super pumped about. And it's really beautiful. I love and that journey. It has for you. some really cool features that I'm, I'm going to make some videos on it. I'm going to make some some cool videos on why it'll help perio peeps. Um, but yeah, so that was that's my good. new news. That's my news. You're going, you're going on a, I'm going on a fabulous vacation. I'm going on a vacation I'm, to the Mediterranean blo- with my hot lover. Savings and on. you're like, I, I figured out how to, you're like Poindexter. I figured out how to change my name from doctor yeah. to not doctor. 
All right. So, Irene, I know this is going to feel like a little switcheroony here, but uh, guess what? We have an episode. We do have an episode. We have. We we do. But this I, time, I, I'd, like a, I'd like the song today. You want the song? I want the song today. Okay. Screw you. You're going on your lumber fabulous Croatian <laughs> vacation Croatian vacation with your lumber and your goddamn pink flamingo matching <laughs> love suits I want the goddamn song alright babe you get the song I'll get the suit are you Kay. ready yes Is this Mr. Roboto? Is that the song? Mm-hmm. Oh, wait. I want to wait for the... I have to wait for that part. You have Get to. You can't not listen Get ready. to that song. It's built, here it is. Mr. Roboto. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Uh, this is the episode of Stephanie Bot. Stephanie Botto. Yes. Very good, Irene. Stephanie Botto. Man, you rock Madame that. Madam Roboto. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. This is our part two of doing like a, a, a little mini series on ergonomics and yeah. the importance of taking care of your body. And so so a little bit about, like, about Stephanie, which we'll get into in the episode, but she's a hygienist um, who really consults with hygienists, like doesn't provide crazy recommendations on what to do or what not to do. But she'll put together like a little plan of who you should speak to 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 make sure that you're, um, you know, protecting your body which i think is really important absolutely i don't do enough i don't do enough protecting of my body you know other than getting a massage every week yeah massages are good and i and and massages for sure help i will say like strengthening my core helped me a lot jazzercise was a massive game game changer for me um but i think the cool thing about this episode is that she really goes into like what are some of the challenges that hygienists specifically have when it comes to integrating you know, high level ergonomics. And Irene, like you post some really cool questions in there about like, you know, where, where are we going? Like, what does this really mean for our profession? So it's a cool episode. It's like kind of provocative and unique and just kind of like, um, you know, really evaluates where we're going in our profession. So I'm excited. Um, you guys please, um, enjoy this episode, um, an unsponsored episode with the fabulous Steph bot. We will catch you on the flip side on the flippity flip. Welcome back to another episode of the Tooth or Dare podcast, peeps, with your peeps, Irene and Katrina and her folded in half dog. How are you, friend? And, Hi. and yes, dog my, of friend. My, my folded dog and I say hello. And I hope you're having a great day, Irene, because you look fabulous. I have oh to gosh. say. Uh, you really do. Yeah, For our viewers at home listening. <laughs> Alia said that today too. Alia is my social media manager and coordinator for those of you peeps that don't know that I have one of those now. I'm fancy. And um, she fancy. said the same thing. Uh, this morning I woke up and I'm like, should I wash my hair? Should I do the thing, you know, for 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 the Monday Instagram day? And and uh, I, I went against that and I, I let out my braids <sighs> that have been in. This is just braids for two days. It's nothing fancy. You're one of those people that's like, I didn't even try. Like I didn't even <laughs> shower and I look fabulous. Like oh, it must be nice. 
Stop. Not all of us wake up in the morning looking naturally fabulous like you do, Irene. Yes, I can't. Okay. <laughs> and Irene awkwardly fidgets with something and then immediately changes conversation. Like that is that is my response to compliments. Is moving She's my like, computer oh, no. screen around. Um, <laughs> uh, but I'm living my best life. So thank you for asking. Good. Yes. And you That's are great. also. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> the, well, we, we can talk about that later about the so kitchen good. stuff but um because oh, we've got Lord. a guest who is patiently awaiting we for do. her introduction and this is um this is the second time this year that we've talked about ergonomics mm-hmm. and i need information on how to stay healthier oh my gosh. okay so Girl. i have a few questions about that and i'm hoping that stephanie can answer these questions for us stephanie is the owner and founder of Posture Pros, which is like an ergonomic consulting, correct me if I'm wrong, ergonomic consulting company that helps dental professionals stay healthy and work on their ergonomics while maintaining their career. And I know she's had an amazing 13-year career that she can kind of share with us a little bit about that. Yeah. And I guess her mission in general is just to help gently nudge and remind our colleagues that we need to put ourselves and our bodies first, which I have not been. Have you, Katrina? Oh my gosh. You no, your body. Are you Other kidding? Than that's, that's why you and I aren't living our list. No. I've been jazzercising it up. That's true. But then when you see me in the operatory, it looks like I have spina bifida, you know, <laughs> <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. You know, right. I mean, it's not a cute look for me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, welcome, Stephanie Botts. How welcome. are you today? Welcome, welcome. Thank you. And that was a perfect intro, Irene, to um, like what my mission is and what I do. It's perfect. I'm, I've got a very like gentle, non-judgmental uh, technique with dealing with dental professionals because I know how hard it is sometimes to practice, um, you know, ergonomically. So yeah. I I do think we all need a little bit a little bit of extra help sometimes with that. Totally. So let's do the thing, Katrina. Shall we do the thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Katrina, I was saying we don't know anything about Stephanie's history other than what you do now and that you practice in Denver, Colorado, which also seems like we've had a lot of people from Colorado on the podcast like recently. Represent. Yeah, representing. Good. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about you pre-hygiene. Like, what were you like? Where did you go to school? What were you like in kindergarten? Like, were you the cool kid? Oh, God, no. Did you, did you play... <laughs> A sport where you in band like i was in band okay i was in band I wait, wait can flute. i guess can i yeah no, oh, let, okay. so i'm just gonna say oh, it, but okay. it's a win win <laughs> um no i was not cool um i think i thought i was cool but looking back no um but i uh yeah before dental hygiene school i was pretty much just like in school and then I ended up getting married at a really young age and um, decided to go to college a little bit after high school. But yeah, I decided on Did you do it hygiene. in that order? Did you, I'm trying to like put the yeah, map so let's together. Let's so wait, let's, really let's go got back, married yeah. at a really young age and then went to college. So you got married in high school? Um, kind, Close. I got married oh, okay. when I was 21. So I graduated high school. Um, I did a little bit of college and then couldn't figure out what I wanted to do. Um, and then ended up getting married young. And then I decided that I did want to get serious about school. Um, and so I had narrowed it down into some profession in the health um, sciences. My sister is a gastroenterologist. And I knew I didn't want to do that because that's like that's the other end of the body school. you don't want to get into. Yeah. Yeah. And she it's funny because she, she thinks my job is grosser than hers. I'm like, no. <laughs> My, my OBGYN says to me, um, I don't know how you do what you do. 
You're like, really? that's my OBGYN. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So I uh, decided to, I picked dental hygiene and it was between that and nursing. I had a lot of dental treatment when I was growing up. I was missing some teeth. And so um, did the whole braces and implant thing. And I was always interested in teeth. So that's what I decided to go um, school for. Where did you go to hygiene school? Did you go to school in, in Colorado? No, I'm from Alaska. So oh, I went cool. up there to the University of Alaska Anchorage. Um, but I've lived oh. in Denver for like 14 years now. So this is home. Cool. What's it like yeah. in Alaska? Wait, wait, so I want to hear about, wait, wait, can we, can we talk a little bit about growing up in Alaska? Because I want to hear about this. Like, yeah. it, well, you're in Canada, right? I am. Are we the same? Kind of. <laughs> I mean, you kind of get it as far as like the really long winters is, with them being so dark and cold. I envision, I envision living in Alaska being a lot different than living here in Ontario. This is what I envision living in Alaska. There's like this beautiful scenery and uh, you've got like this mountain-esque and ocean-esque type little small towns. There perhaps are like polar bears just roaming around uh, on a Tuesday like, afternoon, like down the offering Coca-Colas to people. Right. Like, like, just like, yeah, wearing <laughs> little cute yeah. sweaters. Um, <laughs> and and everyone is wearing like color-coordinated snowsuits. Like that is just, mm. that is what I envision Alaska to be. Like, it's how not, accurate is that? It's not accurate. Oh. Although I don't want to ruin your, that's such a cute idea that you yeah. have about it's so Alaska. Cute. I really don't want to ruin it. Oh, good thing you're cute. That's, <laughs> that was the, um, no. that's what that so, was. Where I'm from is in Fairbanks, Alaska. Okay. And I don't mean to like badmouth Alaska, but Fairbanks isn't the prettiest. It's not like the picturesque picture of Alaska that you think with what you were talking about, mm-hmm. like the mountains and the snow. It's in this valley and it's just like this frozen wasteland, you know, for seven months out of the year. Um, Anchorage was pretty cool, though, where I went okay. to college. Um, that was really mm-hmm. pretty. But yeah, I'm, I'm much happier here in Colorado. But Alaska's cool. So you I mean, it's super cold, super dark, but you have a lot of wildlife and a lot of um open space up there still that hasn't been developed which is harder to come by unfortunately um Mm -hmm. yeah so it was a cool place to live have you come across any fabulous like wild animals like have you ever had an encounter with a moose or a moose is that the plural of moose moose i think it's moose still i think plural and singular is the same i think multiple um, moose and singular moose lights do we have any more did you did you see the northern lights growing yeah, up there like every night really mm-hmm. oh i'm so frustrated that you get to see the northern lights every night well you yeah. don't realize growing up there how unique and special that is you know and so i'd be like oh my god the northern lights are keeping me up at night like close my blinds but mm. now i wish that i would have yeah. valued that a little bit more yeah. we, went, we went to iceland over new year's a couple of years ago and uh for that purpose like to witness the northern lights and there were no northern lights unfortunately where we oh. were which mm. was kind of a bummer that but is damn. a bummer they're really it's like 
tell them we're here, get them out. <laughs> Do they know I who demanded, I am? <laughs> I demanded the Northern Lights reveal themselves to me and they declined. They, <sighs> they, they, were, they were like, they were like that patient that doesn't want to take x-rays just because you oh. want to take x-rays. It's like, it's like <laughs> that mean. patient. Not because yeah. they don't like need them or whatever. It's just like that you tell them that they should have them and, and then, and then they decline They're them. Like, just, no. just, yeah, that was what the Northern Lights did to me that day. Mm-hmm. Declined. They, they declined. Declined. Me. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. ma'am. That was like the phone call that comes in and decline. Um, okay. Okay. Let's so you went talk. to hygiene school yeah. in Alaska. Do yes. how many people graduated from your hygiene class? Number one and number two. When you were in hygiene school, were a lot of the people in hygiene school from Alaska or were they people that kind of went up there? I mean, and, and did they stay there? I mean, I'm really curious because I know there's a huge provider shortage in Alaska. So yeah. And there was, tell us a bit about that. I mean, I went to school, yeah. you know, forever ago, it seems like forever ago. Um, and there was a shortage back then too. There's a lot mm-hmm. of need out in the rural areas, um, out mm-hmm. in the villages and stuff up there. So, um, but yeah, the, there was 12, people in my program and all of them were from Alaska and I think everyone except for maybe three of us are still up in Anchorage oh okay yeah that's great yeah so that's it's really good cool. right I mean the money's great up there um mm-hmm. there's seems to be a lot of opportunities up there for dental hygienists I had okay. just I got to the point, you know being born and raised in Alaska I was ready for something else so I'm like oh my okay, gosh 100 percent yeah, I get that. So yeah. when you when you were up there, did you do a lot of rotations with like because I know there are a lot of like native um mm-hmm. groups that are there, the American Eskimos are that you know, so did you do a lot of um like you know enrichment experiences and kind of go out into some of those rural areas when you were in hygiene school? So I did a lot of shadowing for a hygienist. Okay. She was actually one of my instructors. Um, and she worked at a public health center up there, a pretty big one in Anchorage. And so I did some shadowing with her and then I did mm-hmm. some the rotations that we did were mainly through the VA there. And so mm-hmm. I didn't have the opportunity to work with a whole lot of Alaska natives. Um, okay. Yeah. But then, I mean, there's even out in private practice after I graduated, because I worked there for about a year before I moved. Um, and there's a lot of opportunity to treat uh, Alaska native population and they definitely are in need of there. Yeah, for sure. So anybody mm-hmm. listening who uh, wants to cool it down a little bit and go to a really um, great area where the Northern Lights hopefully will greet you, unless you're Irene Agnaku, and then they're like, no, peace out, lady. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anybody who's Who interested, the Canadian, <laughs> they're like, oh, no. Um, consider zipping up to Alaska. That sounds so awesome. I think that would be a really cool opportunity. And of course, um, those of us, I'm, I'm from Wisconsin moved to Phoenix, so I'm not judging. Like I get it. You got to get out of the cold. I totally get that. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, what a, what a beautiful place to grow up. I know a lot of people, it's like a bucket list thing to do like a cruise, you know, of Alaska and to, to be up there. So, um, what a fun thing to be able to experience. Yeah. I'm looking at the ADHA. Remember that ADHA pinwheel we talked about mm-hmm. before with, Alyssa. Um, with uh, past president, our buddy, um, Matt, Matt Crispin. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm looking at the scope of practice of dental hygienists in Alaska. They were able to provide direct access to Profi, provisionals of sealants, dental hygiene treatment planning, and G for local anesthetic general 
Interesting. Yeah, I what feel like mean? the practice, practice act mm-hmm. up there is pretty progressive. Yeah. Um, and they also have the dental health aid therapist up there too, which that was yes. just starting when I was in hygiene school. What does that um, mean? So they were just starting to provide care. So I think that's gone really well. So the dental therapy program in Alaska, if I'm not mistaken, permits hygienists to go into some of these rural areas and be able to deliver restorations. Mm. Is that correct? Um, it's not hygienists as far as, unless oh. something's changed. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, so, so this is a, a hygienist that, that goes on to like, it's a master's degree completion program. And so they're, oh, okay. It's a completely unless, different training then. Unless something's changed. Um, as far as I know, it's a, um, could be a high school graduate, um, that goes to a training pro- program. I think it was, it's for 18 months or maybe it's two years. Um, oh. but, they, but they can provide, um, some limited dental services and limited dental hygiene services. But again, mm-hmm. don't take my word for that. It's been a while since I looked into it. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure. And and the goal was to take people from the villages, those rural Alaska areas, and send them to school and then bring them back so that they can provide care to their village. Cool. So well, cool. I've got the website, like the ADHA component of the Alaskan ADHA component. We'll link that below because there's some cool resources there. Um, cool. Dating is recent, like advanced practice permits for dental hygienists from March 26, 2021. And there's some oh, nice. letter, letters from um, like written documents related to what that can look like. And I wonder if, if that does mean that uh, hygienists will perhaps be able to kind of operate independently. But okay, more more on your topic, because we're asking you about Alaska and you're like, oh man, yes. I thought we were talking we're, about we're like, so, She's like, I moved out of there. Hello. <laughs> we're going to be here. Yes. So yeah. you graduated from hygiene school in Alaska. Did you practice at all in Alaska or did you decide to zip right down to Colorado? Yeah, no, I worked up there for about a year and then okay. decided to come down to Colorado. And I have a sister uh, down here. So she, she, the gastroenterologist that I mentioned. Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, at least I know someone <laughs> somewhere yeah. else. And so, um, yeah, then we moved down here. What did you have to redo a clinical board or no. state board? And that was actually one of the big because I had like just gotten done with my boards essentially in Alaska and I thought I do not ever want to do that again if I can help it so you you (laughs) didn't have to do your boards which was um I guess a bonus right yeah no I I was like we're not going to move there if I do my boards again yeah Um, so Mm -hmm. it was relatively easy to come down here plus it was around the it was in 2009 so when the housing crisis was was starting and Denver still seemed pretty insulated as far as that goes. So, um, felt pretty safe to move down here. Hmm. So, mm-hmm. okay. Fast forward to ergonomic life mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how kind of what inspired you, uh, as a young hygienist to then start focusing on, I guess you've been practicing for 13 years, but when did you start expanding your, uh, career path, I guess, like from interest. clinical hygiene, you know, your interests, your passions, um, to, to working with, with, you know, colleagues and their posture. Yeah. So I, um, just over the years, and I'm sure you guys can relate to this too, as dental hygienists, but, um, I started experiencing more and more pain and it seemed mm-hmm. to me like it would only happen sometimes. And then it just started getting a lot more frequent and the pain 
wasn't ever just in one area. It was, it kind of moved around. Um, mm-hmm. So I started looking at, and of course, like, like most, I just did a CE on this uh, a couple of days ago and I talked about this exact thing, but most of us wait to make change until we're in pain. And I was no different. So I started doing all of the chiropractic and acupuncture and massage therapy, all that stuff. I was doing all the stretching and um, strengthening I was still in pain and it took, I'm a little slow, but it took me a while to realize, well, if I'm doing all of these things, but then coming back into that environment that's creating the, the imbalance or dysfunction in the first place, it's just going to come back. Mm-hmm. So I remember I was um, cleaning someone's teeth one day and my back was just on fire and I was just, you know, trying to get through. And I thought, when it, I, I was frustrated because I'm like, I don't even know if I'm positioned right anymore. I don't know if my patient mm-hmm. is positioned correctly. I feel like I've forgotten everything that I learned in school. And mm-hmm. wouldn't it be nice if I could just bring someone in to look at me and see what I'm doing wrong and offer me some feedback. And mm-hmm. then I was like, it took me a little bit too when I was just kind of thinking about it. But then I thought, well, why can't I just do something like that? Because I really like to help people. And I'm very passionate about dental hygienists. I mean, we, we give so much every day to our patients, like 150%. Mm-hmm. And we don't take as much time to care about ourselves. And so I'm like, mm-hmm. if I can come in and just help someone with their positioning, yes, but also remind them that be empowered and to take charge of your own body's health, because there are some things that we can't help, like if we go into our operatory and if it's a certain layout that we can't do anything about, we can't do anything about that, but there's so many other things that we can do that we do have control over. And so that's part of my job too, is just reminding hygienists that you do have control over a lot of this and a lot of it's in your hands and just reminding them of that and reminding them that they're important too. Like it's not all about the patient. It's about us too. (laughs) Um, we, I think, I think we've all had one of those days where we think, and we say to our patient, like, okay, turn your head towards me. And they're like reluctant to turn their head. And then eventually Mm -hmm. you like grab them by the chin and just move them around manually. (laughs) Or like I make, I make the comment. I use being right-handed as my disadvantage because they're like looking straight. So I'll turn their head to the right and I'll say, okay, so this is your default position because unfortunately I'm right-handed, so I can't reach over to the other side. So the entire appointment, this is gonna be your default. And they look at me like, whoa. And you'd be surprised how many people um, prefer that and will uh, oblige with my request when I tell them that like, this is where you have to be always, as opposed to like, turn to the right, turn to the right, turn to the right, turn to the right. I'm like, this is your default. And then all I say is the word default. Okay, default. And then they're like, oh, sorry, I forgot that I have to be this way. (laughs) No, I think that's Um, great. And honestly, patients, at least, at least in my experience, patients don't, they don't mind being like directed or whatever. Like when I'm working with mm -hmm. patients, they're very active in helping me like help them, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely. um, I try to urge hygienists, please don't be scared at you know, asking your patient to move because it's really, it's all about you. Like now that I'm advocating for dental hygienists, I almost don't care about the patient anymore. I mean, I do, but it's like, (laughs) 
we need to make sure that we're healthy first in order to provide the ultimate care to them. And if that means moving your head to the right, then move your head to the right. (laughs) Well, it's so funny too, because, and I'm sure you've seen like the memes on it. It's the tale as old as time. Like the patient sits in the chair, they're in that chair for what, an hour. And we're sitting behind around straddling, squatting that chair for eight to nine hours a day, Mm -hmm. three, four, five, six days a week, whatever that may look like. And it's just, it's so funny because I think one of the biggest challenges that we run into is that most patients can move their head. Most patients can lay all the way back, but you get the one patient where like you hit the button. Have you ever gotten that? They're like, Whoa. And you're like, okay, I took you back two inches. I don't, do you sleep sitting up? Cause I'm not quite understanding precisely what this is. And so you get that one patient and then for whatever reason, we start to kind of get, just get calloused to, you know, repositioning patients or moving their chair. Um, so what would be some advice that you might give to our listeners who, you know, are struggling with feeling confident in repositioning the patient, um, you know, instead of themselves, what would be some, some things or some tactics or techniques you'd suggest? Yeah, I think a lot of it, to be honest, I do have some like techniques to as far as wording with the patient, but I think a lot of it is our perspectives and maybe needing to have a perspective shift before you even walk into the mm-hmm. auditory. Um, sure. I know with me, I think, okay, I've got Miss So-and-so coming in. How am I going to take care of myself in this next 60 minutes? How do I want to feel later? Like, Am I going to go out tonight or do I want to go work out or do I want to go home lay on the couch because my back is killing me, you know, and those things motivate me to not feel bad asking the patient to move. Um, So I think I I recommend to hygienists go into the appointment and just think of yourself first and think of how you're going to care for yourself and then start dealing with the patient and just know that like we've been doing this a long time and we understand, but most patients, like what you said, they don't mind being put upside down if you need to, or mm-hmm, they don't mm-hmm. mind um, being asked to help out. And just with patients, I try to tell hygienists and dentists to like 80% of the time, try to do the best you can ergonomically, because like what you said, most patients can be put into these, these positions that we need them to. Now, if you have a more yeah. difficult patient who either physically or mentally um, can't get into these positions that we want them to be in. There's definitely room in there for patients who can't be positioned correctly, right? But if you've been doing it 80% of the time correctly, you have a little bit more gas in the tank when you do have to break your form to work on these more difficult patients. Um, Where do you think we went wrong? Because every hygienist that I know has some form of posture issue. Yeah. And I wonder if it's, where did that happen? As Katrina and I are both uh, teachers, we have both taught in pre-clinic and clinic and dental hygiene programs. And I don't know, I don't know because I'm not around other instructors all the time. Like you have your own row, you're assigned to your own students, Mm -hmm. but I would walk by students and like, stick my finger on their spine and they nice. like mm-hmm. immediately yeah. perk yeah. up. Right. Mm-hmm. Or I would like, you know, tap them on the shoulder if their shoulders like up to their ear. Yeah. And I don't know if other teachers did that. I'm sure they did. Um, did you do that mm-hmm. Katrina? Yeah. But oh, I wonder yeah, like, where, where did we go wrong? Because day one of dental hygiene school, pre-clinic one, we're pulling out our perio implementation and fundamentals textbook, the little ringed brown binder. 
and mm-hmm. talk about surface towards, surface away, palm up, mm-hmm. palm down, chin up, chin down, eight o'clock, 12 o'clock, 11 yeah. to 12, one to two. Like you'd be surprised how many times I like I cross that 12 o'clock, even as a right handed person and scale sitting at one o'clock where we did that in dental hygiene school. But then it's like people forget and everything that Mm -hmm. I see a dentist working, I see the doc that is in my practice working. He sits at 12 o'clock for everything. Yeah. And it gives me anxiety when I assist him. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, you would be so much better at this surface if you sat at 10. I don't yeah. say you're like turning into an instructor. But where do you think that we went wrong? Because we learned, we all learned the same learned that foundationally mm-hmm. in high, in hygiene school from our textbook. And then it was like, what day one of becoming a dental hygienist, we all set fire to that theory. I think my own personal uh, theory on that is, and I can't speak to all dental hygiene schools, obviously, um, but I, I personally think like ergonomics should be a course taken because it is so important. There's so many of us that, that aren't able to complete our careers in clinical dental hygiene or have to go on disability or are severely injured because of our jobs. Um, so I think that a lot of it happens in school. I think it, there should be a lot more, I guess, emphasis and maybe even practicums on ergonomics. I, when I was in school, I didn't have any of that. I had, they, mm. they touched on ergonomics a little bit, but it was almost like whatever you got to do, you got to do to get the calculus off to pass your boards, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a lot of us after hygiene school, we're such caretakers as as dental hygienists, we're all caretakers. And um, we do want to please our patients and make sure that they're comfortable. And so I think a lot of times that comes at our own detriment, unfortunately. I wonder, yeah. Irene, hot take here. I oh, wonder. I love these hot takes. Do hot it. takes. These are thoughts that I have in the shower. I wonder if, like, we, we all know that um, gingivitis is very much visible, right? We see bleeding gums. Patients understand that there is a disease process where we have periodontal disease as a little bit more of a silent kind of killer. You're with me? Mm -hmm. Yes or no? Okay. Mm -hmm. I wonder Mm -hmm. if, go with me here. The parallels are coming, I promise. Oh my gosh. I'm on the edge of my seat. What is she going to say? Okay. So we've all worked in a variety of practices, some great practices where you request equipment, you request x-ray, uh, systems that mm-hmm. are more ergonomic. You request a new stool or a new chair. You want to sit on a ball, whatever you want to use. Uh, you need a new ultrasonic. You need new ultrasonic tips. All We all know that new pieces of equipment ultimately make our lives a little bit easier. Is there any study that indicate having new equipment, new scalers, new ultrasonic inserts, um, updated equipment will prolong the career of a dental hygienist because we're able to provide care more efficiently. Therefore, we're not putting in as much of our muscle as the equipment is. Does that make sense? Am I, in my mind, I feel like, no, that's cool. I worked in crappy practices where I I never got new instruments. I worked for an office for five years and would request new instruments and didn't get new instruments. And I wasn't allowed to sharpen them because they told me that it would wear down the instruments. So imagine, you know, cutting a tomato with a dull knife. That was basically what I was doing for five years of my life. And you know how hard it is, like how much Mm -hmm. more effort it takes to clean with those kind of instruments. 
you know, is when when we talk to hygienists that are going through some of these struggles, and of course it's like, you know, it's it's a slow dimming light switch where eventually mm-hmm. you are incapacitated and unable to work. So yeah. It's like day one, you come home and it's like, oh, I'm a little sore. Day two, you come home, you're a little bit more sore. And by the end of it, it's this slow growing process and you're unable mm-hmm. to pick up an instrument because yep. you've got a pinch in your brachial plexus because you've been finger scaling with dull instruments for the last 10 years of your life. I wonder if we can provide any resources to these hygienists to then demonstrate to their offices that like, I need this not because a, it's going to be easier for my patients to get through a treatment, but because it's going to make me be a better hygienist for my life. Do you know if that exists? I don't know if like any studies per se, but we do know that repetitive motion is a huge risk factor for us in dentistry, especially dental hygienists. And we also know that having sharp instruments or having nice, fresh ultrasonic inserts um, require a lot less effort. And so you, you know, kind of just make the assumption that better equipment is going to be better for our hygienists. Um, and the same with, same with dentists, you know, if they're, if they're not working with like fresh burrs, if they're working with dull burrs, it's the same thing. They're holding onto that drill for much longer than they need to. Hmm. Interesting. I think in alignment with that, um, here in the United States, we have OSHA, um, occupational Mm -hmm. safety. Um, and they, that alliance really looks at the safety of the employee. And there are guidelines and parameters within OSHA that specifically say that if there's a piece of equipment that would make it safer for your employees, whatever that piece of equipment is, um, you know, that at a certain point, you know, dental practices or any type of an employer um, should consider housing that, particularly if what's the alternative. I mean, you look at hygienists and, and the musculoskeletal um, disorders that hygienists experience are expansive. It's anything right. from your hand, your thumb, your shoulder, your neck, your back, the way that you walk, your spine, your posture, headaches, uh, TMJ challenges. I mean, it's it's the whole gamut, right, of, yeah. of issues that we've had. Um, how much of that, A, contributes to burnout for a hygienist? Um, you know, Irene and I are doing a new series called Irene and Treen, and we talked the other day about the fact that a lot of hygienists actually warn future hygienists who are about to get into the profession. They say things like, oh, you know, your back is going to be messed up. Your hand's going to hurt you for the rest of your life. So these are things that we've already, you know, going back to Irene's question, I think a lot of these are things that we've already kind of accepted when we get into hygiene school that we kind of accept like, okay, my back's going to kill me. My hand's going to kill me. I'm going to be a a massage therapist. And all those things are really great preventive things. But to answer Irene's question, I think the other layer to it is at a certain point, if you don't have the equipment that you need to be able to safely do your job, that's like having a, a either being able to position yourself six feet away from the radiation source or have a lead wall that you can stand behind. And if you don't have either of those two options, that's not a safe experience. Yeah. That's not, not a safe environment for you as an employee. How, how far does that go when you're talking, you know, earlier you mentioned how an operatory is set up, for example, can say a lot about what you're reaching over and grabbing, what cords you're managing and things like that, how that cord is being managed, um, safety of the patient, dragging a cord across the patient, for example. So I think OSHA, um, you know, has certainly uh, been an advocate for employees. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if dentistry has really looked at what that means for us. Have you looked at any of that at all as far as um, what it means for ergonomics? So I think, um, yes, and you're absolutely right. I mean, all of us have a right to work with 
while working equipment. But I think also to your point too, is when we're in hygiene school, at least, and me too, like I had someone tell me, one of my instructors, like, oh, you better make sure you have disability mm-hmm, insurance. For mm-hmm. it. I'm like, okay, like, I didn't know what she was talking about. But I think um, maybe with that mentality of just being like, okay, well, I'm a hygienist, but I'm going to be in pain all the time. And that's just a given right. that maybe we don't fight as hard for ourselves and our our safety as maybe we should. Um, part of what I like to do is really educate practitioners on what neutral posture is, like what a healthy yeah. posture for you is. And what, what do you think healthy posture? Times. I think I feel like I've forgotten. We've all forgotten what healthy posture I is. I, as I fidget, I mean, I'm feel, a very fidgety person I, on an interview. She's a fidgety so person. Don't mind me. I'm I I move around a lot. Um, she tell, does. Tell me. I think that that's a good thing. It's good to keep moving, right? It is exactly. Is, it's isn't very that what good Rachel Hollis says? Yeah. Like keep your body I have moving. To, I have to take a Dramamine sometimes when I'm on these podcasts with Irene. <laughs> You're like, okay, stop. Just like, 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 ugh. Ugh. Um, what, what is healthy, neutral posture? And is it the same for everyone? Mm-hmm. It is the same for everyone. It um, is. So what you want to do, you can just do it like practicing in a chair. So you okay. want to keep your shoulders it. back, like roll shoulders your shoulders back, back I mean. and down. So it's like your shoulder okay. blades are almost going into little pockets, like into your shoulder back blades pocket. are going into pockets. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I you're s- really pushing Irene. Do you feel like that's like a big push right now for you? <laughs> yeah. More of a push on one side than the other. And then you oh. want your chin. This is the, one of the most important things. So we okay. all develop this forward head posture. Yeah. Like, you know, that's just how we are all the time. Look so for you me. push your chin back. Like it's, yeah, like, it's make, not pretty. Make, <laughs> like, like making, making the double chin back. Or it's not so much doing this, chins. but like pushing, yeah, oh. pushing it back. So you want your ear to be in line with your shoulder from the side. Yeah. So that looks really good, Katrina. It doesn't I did look it. like you can breathe very well, but. Wait, so I can, am I supposed to, am I supposed to just like live like this though? I feel very surprised. Oh, I feel like I'm extremely surprised. You look very surprised. tense. You look very tense. I, 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 okay, this is like Irene, go back. Irene, do it. Do it. Do it. Oh my gosh, you're an angel. She's gorgeous. Oh, I love it. Put your chin back a little bit more, Irene, if you can. Get, no. get it okay. back there, girl. So, so secretly, no, I can't because most of my chin is filler. But <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say she's not shifting my chin. a lot of the a lot <laughs> of the collagen in there. This is not a real chin. No, that looks really no, that looks good actually. Yeah. So you from this side, it's really good to or really easy to see postural issues from the from profile. So you want your ear mm-hmm. to be above your shoulder, but then you want that to be in line with your hip and then in line with your foot mm-hmm. if you're standing up. So it should be a straight okay. line. I've all been the way having down. a lot of right hip. Uh, pain recently because I lean a lot um, and I lean in a very strong sorry do you have a saddle stool or Uh, no I don't have a saddle I don't like the saddle stool personally Um, it it feels it feels very uncomfortable and I know everyone keeps saying like oh you just have to give it a try like I tried one for two months out and I was very consistent with it and I just didn't like the feeling of it okay well, um, I wonder, um, and that could be, it could just be like your body doesn't like it and that's fine. Um, but I know that there's some hygienists who have tried saddles um, that aren't really like for them because there's yeah. a, it's not one size fits all at all right. when it comes to saddle stools. So I'm going to actually say it out loud. Like I've got a big booty 
I feel like the saddle school was um, not holding in certain areas of my body as it okay. should. Other areas received a lot of pressure. Uh, let's talk about the ergonomic um, uh, rolly. What do we call those? Like the ball, like the yoga ball chair. The yoga balls, thing. chairs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about those for a minute because they were all the rage for a good portion of my career, like from 2000 and I think 10 to like 2015, all I would see is all hygienists using these, these ergonomic balls on wheels. Yeah. Uh, and I tried one for a little while, but I couldn't get used to the height as that like you couldn't adjust the height. There's, mm-hmm. I, I like having the height adjustment. Like I feel like I do sometimes sit more than at the recommended, what is it? 95 degrees or something. Um, how do you feel about those? Yeah. So, um, those are one, they're, uh, kind of big and they're hard to move around the patient when you're sitting on them. Right. Um, a lot of times too, the ball, like it's just hard to standardize it, I guess, because they run out of air. So you have to fill them up with air quite a bit. And also, when you're sitting on a ball like that, yes, you are engaging your core, which is great. Um, I think it's great in small doses. I don't think that it's necessarily realistic for us to be sitting on a ball, engaging our core for like eight, nine, 10 hours a day. Yeah. Because what happens is when you're, you're engaged your core, it only works for so long and then it needs a break. And what happens when your core needs a break is you slump over mm-hmm. or you, you know, develop really bad posture because you just need a break. And so I'm, and I'm all about adjustable stools, the more adjustable, the better. If you have a height adjustment, um, if you have a backrest, like the depth of the backrest and then your seat pan should tilt. And so I'm more on the, on that side of it than getting a ball chair. Um, yeah. And I, I don't feel like you'd I be compressed know. in it too. Like. You right. would be thinking into, I mean, how firm of these balls do you want? Do you want them to be quite firm? Or do you want the little like yoga ball to be softer? I mean, it, it depends how you like, uh, how do you make this conversation not I sound like weird? Balls. I'm just sitting here. <laughs> so I'm not going to say a Everyone single Everyone listening thing. to this, I'm so sorry. I can't keep a straight face. Do you um, want a softer ball or a harder ball? You know, when you, when, you go, when you go to work out, when you go to a gym or have a personal fitness, or like a personal fitness person, or um, Pilates uses these like these balls in varieties. Exercise uses them too. Yeah, and they come in different textures. Like some of them are quite hard and firm, mm-hmm. and some of them are a little a little spongier and softer. And you use them for like different types of ex- exercises. Um, how do you know which one of those you should choose? Because you look. I mean, if you were to Google or go to Amazon, how hard should in, my like, balls be? Right. No, you go to Amazon and you type in like you know. Uh, seated whatever chair ball thing you'd come up with 15,000 of them and they're all different like how do you know which one's the right one right and and that's where I start getting concerned because I do have hygienists who like send me pictures of like chairs that they got off of Amazon and I'm like well and I I hate to you know um I don't know like bad mouth or whatever because I don't honestly I don't know what's going to work for every individual person as some people might do great with a chair like that but I have found the more like stable, like companies like crown seating or brewer that this is what they do, um, have a much more successful 
experience with hygienists because some hygienists who will get chairs like this end up burning out on them because they can't literally, they just can't sit on them all day um, or they're not able to adjust it to them or whatever. So I just, I get nervous when people go rogue, I guess, and go yeah. onto Amazon mm-hmm. and start trying to find things. So I'm, I'm on really- Amazon right now. And all I typed in was yoga ball seat came up with like, I don't know, there's like 25 pages. I opened up three of them that um, are made by a variety of companies. And this one has like five legs. It's like a little ball that fits inside this like thing uh, designed for users five feet to five foot 11 tall and fits most standard heights uh, do not exceed 300 pounds. So those are two things that stand out to me right away. It's like between five feet to five eleven. That is a yeah. huge height it difference. Uh, and yeah. then not, not to mention to all ex- the different body types that right. are in yeah. that, Not to know? exceed 300 pounds of weight. Okay, great. But someone that is heavier will sit deeper in that ball that right. it looks like you can adjust your own thing. I wonder if it's like a bicycle where it has like PSI pressure per square inch. Um, and then, then it's says, like, well, what happens? Because if you guys, I'm sure if you guys have used right. yoga balls, you said right. that you have, they do lose air pretty quickly. Right. And so mm-hmm. if you're sitting on, what are you going to be doing? Like airing it up in between right. each patient? It says that the I height of this imagine. one at max, at max capacity is 24.8 inches. Great. Cool. That's like the average height of a desk. Like that is a chair that would fit underneath a desk. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes our patients are not sitting up that high. Like our patients right. are much less uh, lower than they're way lower. Yeah. They're way lower than that. So then the ball would be too high. And then the patient's head is like basically in your crotch. How, how do you navigate that? Then your only alternative will be to have the patient higher and not in a good position because you're like, well, I have this ergonomic yoga ball thing. Um, so it must be right. So I'm just going to see this patient like this right, with your right, yeah, chicken wings in a better yeah. position, but then you, the patient's not. And then yeah. this, right. So then this other one is 152.4 centimeters. I don't even know what that is in inches. Why do they do that? Let's pick a standardized I'm like, thing. I can't, I don't know. I can't even do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm always hesitant. Um, when it comes to stuff like this and cool, maybe it's good for like you sitting at your desk recording a podcast, but I love that it like mm-hmm. in this description, it shows a, a healthcare provider with a stethoscope and a lab coat on uh, writing a chart note. If they can write a chart note on it. Straight. Like her, she's <laughs> so far away from the desk because she can't reach because she's sitting so high up on the ball that oh, she's so straight <laughs> writing a chart note. So, uh, don't, yeah, it's just all, you know, yeah. like hygienists, like we're so not just hygienists, anyone in dentistry, really assistants, dentists, lab techs, any of us, we're so at risk for musculoskeletal disorders. Um, and it's just really, it's just so important for us to like mind our ergonomics when we're in the operatory. Also something I wanted to touch on was taking breaks, not breaks, like half hour breaks, but these quick 30 second little micro breaks while you're in the operatory with your patient, just to like roll your neck out or stretch your back out or like stretch your wrist out anything. Cause what you said mm-hmm. earlier, how movement is so important. It is very important. And we're holding these static postures for 
minutes or minutes upon minutes. Yeah. And that can cause a lot of tension and damage in the musculature at a cellular level. And so it's really good to try to stretch out like every 20 to 30 minutes just for a few seconds. And that really reduces the pain in dental practitioners. What types yeah. of stretches or exercises would you would you recommend aside from like, you know, rolling your neck out and your wrists out? Um, like could you recommend to someone that has well, never so done this before I, that's where I kind of like have there's a bit of a scope line I guess because I'm not a physical therapist I'm not an occupational therapist I'm not like a physical trainer or a or personal trainer or anything like that so I have stretches that have worked for me um and I know mm-hmm. that I know the certain musculoskeletal disorders that we're most at risk for and stretch according to that. But I, I hesitate giving stretch advice um, because I would hate someone to try it and then they end up hurting themselves or whatever. But um, the upper trapezius muscle is the most used muscle in any dental practitioner. And so it's really important to stretch that mm-hmm. out, no matter how you want to stretch it. There's plenty of stretches out there for the traps. And then also stretching out your wrist flexors and extensors on the top of and inside of your forearm. Um, and those, as far as the stretches that I do, they're easily done chair side. I don't have to move or anything. And my patient doesn't even know I'm doing them half the time. Wow. That's awesome. So a um, final question for you. And, 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 you know, the, I think the, the message of all of this really is that a take care of your body, take care mm-hmm. of your hands, they're your moneymaker, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. the whole concept of put your mask on before helping others. Like if you can't take care of yourself if you're in pain, if every time you move, something gets pinched or you're not able to efficiently serve your patients long-term, what is that really going to mean for you, your practice, you know, the, the bottom line of your community? Um, my question right. to you is this, what I'm hearing is that the best way for us to avoid a disorder like this is prevention, is yes. stretching, toning, building muscle tone in certain areas. I know for me, like when I started doing jazzercise and started doing yoga and it is very focused on core that Mm -hmm. I didn't have as much pain. It was much more comfortable for me to to sit where I I actually stand and treat patients. I don't sit. Um, so I love standing also. Thank you. Yeah. I think it's like so weird. Like, why are you standing? Like, I don't know. I love standing. The reason why I stand is because I actually don't know how to work my chair. I don't know how to tip the patient back up and back. So I just find it's easier if I'm standing that way than if I move the chair up. Yeah. Because the patient's like moving around, like, you know, they're, they're uh, Domo Arigato, Mr. Roboto. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I don't know the buttons. Um, But, you know, it sounds like prevention really is the key risk Mm -hmm. assessment, right? Like we are in an extremely high risk category. And the irony is we're dental hygienists where we are preventive specialists and we are constantly talking to our patients about tobacco cessation, nutritional counseling. If you were to, you know, if you floss, you can floss your way out of this reversible disease process and all that jazz. So the irony is, are we truly practicing what we're preaching as hygienists? So my final question to you is, what do you think are some of the biggest barriers that we as hygienists have? to practicing what we preach and what's the, what's the, the answer? How, how do we move forward as a, as a profession? So I think, um, we're all for the most part caretakers and we want to do, and we're all perfectionists, like type A personalities. And so we want to get in there and like do the best we can take care of our patient, make them comfortable. Mm-hmm. And we think, 
I, I'm not sure what kind of like complex we have, if there is a name for it, but we think like, oh, we'll deal with ourselves later. Even yeah. though this hurts, like I'll fix it later. I don't want to bother anyone with it. I don't want to disrupt my patient's care because of like my back hurts. And I just think that, um, I feel like COVID has, has given us all an opportunity to really focus on ourselves and our self-care or maybe lack thereof. And so I feel like self-care is almost like a a hot subject right now, but I do feel like we need to practice that and realize that we can't do the perfect treatment on our patients if we're limited because our back hurts, you know, or if Mm -hmm. we, Mm -hmm. sometimes when I was in severe pain, when I was practicing, I was just trying to get in and get out as quickly as I could, you know, because I was in so much pain and that's not the ultimate service to our patients. That's not the ultimate service for ourselves because we want to be doing a good job. So I just think that hygienists, I would love it if hygienists would take stock of what's important to them and what kind of life they want to live, what kind of retirement they want to have, what kind Mm -hmm. of practice they want to have and realize that it, their body is the best instrument to do all of that. But if we're breaking our body down from practicing hygiene incorrectly, then that's not going to lead to a good life for us. Yeah. I'm immediately yeah. regretting all my life choices. I know. I know. Oh, I'm no. like, is there another jazz or science class as today I, I can go I'm to? On day 14 of working straight. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Irene sometimes texts me while she's taking a bath too. We're at I that do. point in our friendship. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's good. She's like, I'm I in the bath. photos and I'm like, my toes. Okay. Irene's <laughs> having a moment. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much oh, so for good. for joining us, Steph. Are we are we on short on short term? Yeah, short Steph term is name. You can call you Steph. You can call me Reen. You can call sure. Trina Treen. Cool. Well, Perfect. thank you so much mm-hmm. for hanging out with us today and answering some burning questions that we have about ergonomics. You know, we'll we'll link all of the info of the items that we discussed below. Um, before we go, uh, it's time, right, Katrina? Tis time. Is that time? Tis, tis the uh, time. Steph, do you know what time it is? No. No. Uh, it oh. is the tooth or dare component time of the episode. So we oh. are called the Tooth or Dare podcast for a reason. At the okay. end of every show, Katrina and I do a, a virtually visually impaired version of rock, paper, scissors, and the loser goes up against you. You can decide whether you accept or you dish out a tooth or a dare to the loser. Uh, so Katrina and I will get kind of warm. Let's let's stretch our fingers first. I am in, doing some, yeah, doing in, some the, in the interest of ergonomics. I'm reaching out forward <laughs> towards you. Perfect. Um, uh, yes. Really and, and the rest of you should also be stretching out your flexors as as we're discussing. Uh, but also you can follow us on Instagram. You can follow me, Irene, at toothlife.irene. You can follow Katrina at the Dental Wine Genist. And you can, of course, follow Stephanie Botts at uh, steph.posturepros on Instagram. And you also have a, a mm-hmm. website and a blog as well. And your most recent blog post is, are you a dental athlete? Post a couple of days ago. So if you want to see some cool pics of uh, what your ergonomics should look like using loops, then I encourage you to follow her on Instagram there. Okay, Katrina, you ready, girl? I'm ready. I'm nervous. All right, ready? Yes. Rock. Rock. Paper. Paper. Scissors. Scissors. Shoot. I'm like, I'm just rocking rocking it. You rocked my sisters. (laughs) You and I, girl, are you going to accept or dish? Um, If you accept accept a tooth, you answer it now. 
if you accept a dare, it gets filmed and you put it up on social media and we'll all share it within seven days of this episode launching. So would you like oh. a tooth or would you like a dare? Um, hmm. I'll do a dare. Do a dare? <gasps> yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, have, you, have you made you a reel brave. before? I did on accident this weekend. Okay, cool. So you're going to have to make a reel. Do you know okay. that song, My Neck, My Back? So that's your audio. Okay. Um, and so a reel is, is very short, 30 seconds. Okay. So I want you to do in that 30 seconds, if you break it up and do four posture poses of you, do you still work clinically? Mm-hmm. Okay. So in your operatory, do the good or the bad and then the correction. So you okay. gotta like put your phone on a tripod or something instead of quick timer. So do like what we normally do and then what the correction is for four okay. different seated positions. Can That's you do that? Great. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I cool. can do that. That's awesome. Awesome. Woo-hoo. Cool. She accepts you guys. Awesome. Okay, everyone, Do-do-do. tune into toothordare.podcast to watch this dare go down. And uh, we will see you guys later. Peace out, peeps. Cheers. Thanks, guys. And we're back from the flip side. On the flippity flip. From the flippity the flip. Flippity flip. <laughs> we're back. We are here for now. Katrina's leaving. Wait. Oh, so you just told me that you're leaving for a two week vacation. Yeah. Wait, what does that mean for the podcast? Are we taking a break? It would be nice to take a break. We've never taken a break. Do you want to take a break? Because um, or what I can do is I can just record a I dumb think- video of me like, hello from the yacht and then shimmy at you and then I walk think away. we should take a break i think we should take a two-week podcast break you guys this is I crazy think that would be what do you really guys think? nice should we do that I, I i think they have no choice like it's happening i think we should take a two-week podcast break and you need to update us every I'm gonna day let you on know. what you're yes, doing I'll, I'll post a story are you gonna be off the grid are you gonna, like, gonna are be you like, gonna like the, yeah. go we're like cruising the mediterranean go to airplane i mode? don't know if they have like wi-fi in the mediterranean sea no, but do you want to have wi-fi because if you want to have wi-fi you're buying one of those at&t yeah. freaking little no. zach morris phone things i don't want one of those like a radio phone no what am i gonna what yeah. what no abs- I'm, I'm sorry like my, my parents are dead <laughs> i'm with my lumber like what who needs to get a hold of me in the mediterranean Training C for two weeks. I mean, I, I that's I, true. You I nor- do. I normally I usually <laughs> need to get a hold of you like three to four times a week because I have some sort of like mental some breakdown. catastrophic thing is happening. And the only person, the only person I tell that stuff to is everyone on our podcast and you in real time. Um, uh. I don't talk to anyone else. I just like air it all on the podcast and into your text. So like, I mean, what what would what happen you if? If I needed you, we will redirect the texts that go to me. I think me. we need to reevaluate our relationship here. I think this is the moment where we I should have asked you for like, permission to go on the cruise. You're right. I didn't. Need, I didn't ask. You're right. Need versus want. <laughs> can I go, Mom? Is it uh, okay? Tears. I don't know. Can I get her? Can <laughs> I get little bib, baby Bobby's mom's phone number, please? I would rather um, you guys drink in the house. Be safe. If you're going to do it, you're going to do it at home so I can Mm -hmm. see you.
help bring down okay well i think it's a good idea i think we should reevaluate reevaluate this um item and so when are you going like i need to like put this in my schedule you should put it in my schedule i just put it in today i am you actually know this before my assistant sam does poor sam is getting to her email and she's gonna be like oh no because she's gonna have to reschedule everything i'm doing um i'm going (laughs) from june june 30th to july 12th i'm sorry july 13th June 30th. I'm putting it in my calendar. Katrina. <laughs> Trina is not available for your life questions. And when are you returning? I return on the 13th. But what I'm going uh, to July? do for my VIP like you, I'm going to I'm going to get into Amsterdam and send some emails out. So I'll be I'll be around to. A deal, deal with your life crises. This is going to be a very interesting two weeks. Cool. Okay. So, peeps, uh, we're going to take a break. You're not going to hear from us on uh, Monday the 5th or the 12th. Um, so, we'll be back to our res- regular scheduled podcast for the 19th. And then um, that is when you will be in... Um, Our Nature Under One Roof. Indianapolis, mm-hmm. RDH under one roof, which we need to discuss me getting you some recording equipment. Yeah, that'll be good. Um, so just know that when we do return from our podcast hiatus, I'm going to just tell you yeah. all the fabulous stories about the Mediterranean. It'll be so good. We'll put some photos up and stuff. I wonder if you're going to speak Croatian by the time you get back. Like, what if you learn another language? I don't know. I Yeah, my brain might That'd be, be nice. there. I don't, I don't rightly know. I mean, you're freeing up so much brain space by not speaking to me for two weeks. So I feel like with what you what you put into our relationship, you could get out of it a whole a whole nother language. My brain cells are gonna. I'm gonna learn ASL. I'm gonna learn how to crochet. (laughs) You're gonna come back and you're gonna video ASL all of our podcasts. Mm -hmm. That'd be that'd be nice. Yeah. Okay, we friend. Haven't. Well, we're we're done. Make sure that you watch at toothordare.podcast for the lovely dare yes. our ergonomics it's gonna dare. be good. Yep. As you know, I, we'll we'll see we'll see you then. Peace out, peeps. Cheers. I'm so sorry. Give me one moment here. I'll let you guys say pleasantries. Katrina, give them a little ketamine. Um, yeah. Let's talk about balls. <laughs>